I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the Buy With the podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week, we are taking a look at the third Itmon movie, directed by Wilson Yip, and of course, starring Donnie Yen as Itmon. And this is a really cool one. This is definitely... I has a lot of stuff that I wasn't quite expecting, but mm. I'd say it's it's a good it's a good sequel. It, I don't think it quite escalates stuff as much as Mon Two does, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's it was fun really rewatching these in sequence, and um, I remember really liking it Mon Three when it came out, and I think I appreciated it even more on reviewing. And it's maybe the most subtle of the three films, and it's just the mood that I guess I'm finding myself in right now i yeah i kind of really appreciated that and yeah mr yon Ping's choreography is yeah really amazing yeah. M- maybe not as many um you know fights per minute uh as the other films <laughs> but what mm. we have is really special yeah i agree that's yeah that, that's a big a big thing we should say is that the action was directed by Simon hung for the first two but it's yon Ping in this one so it's kind of one legendary hong kong choreographer leading to another yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. And it, and it's funny because prior to the Ipmon films, we would have connected Donnie and Sammo with something like SPL. And in that film, they're fighting kind of as rivals. And not to say that there's any stories of them being competitive on, on set, but there is almost this kind of like them pushing each other, getting the best out of each other. And Donnie's relationship with Yuan Wuping, it's like, that's almost like his Sifu in the film business. Like, and I mean, they just, they go way back. And so that, that relationship, it's, it's maybe, I imagine it's less of like a competitive thing. Like, Oh, let me get my idea in or versus your idea. And um, it's just, you know, really smooth communication and yeah, just some kind of really memorable, uh, memorable sequences, like cinematically speaking. Totally. To- yeah. We, you mentioned SPL and I know we talked a little bit about the kind of MMA influence and, uh, the fighting. And I think even though Samo's not around for this film, you still see that in, in it's 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 funny to me. I was thinking about this and in a weird way, each movie kind of gets crazier and crazier in who's he going to fight next, you know, <laughs> and uh, which get, which foreigner is he going to fight next? Yeah, we get prime examples in this film. And uh, you can almost I was thinking of like the Fast and Furious movies, how they kind of just oh, get sure. crazier and crazier. And I could almost this is like the Tokyo like, Drift of the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's fighting a, you know, he's fighting Mike Tyson this time. Like, who's he going to fight in Ip Man 7? He's going to be fighting a robot version of himself, you know? <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I totally would. Yes, of course. <laughs> and and. I did in in doing research for this one. There are quite a bit of interviews, and uh, one of them I did see where somebody asks Donnie like, "Hey, would do you think that a black man would be married to an Asian woman in Hong Kong in '59?" and and Donnie and really... he's like, "I gotta go. I have an appointment." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, he had a really really strong answer, and he was very fair, and he says. You know, we never 
said this was a documentary like yeah. um yeah. you know we're using this and you know we're staying pretty loose with it but honestly um you know this is entertainment and mike tyson being in the movie isn't like an essential part of the plot but he said it's almost like a gift to the viewers that are expecting this escalation in the action from movie to movie. So yeah. um, I really liked That's his That's a really cool answer. answer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he and he did check him too. And he said like, you know, like there were African-Americans in Hong Kong at the time. And, you know, it's like, it's cool because it's definitely entertainment. And you can't deny the value of the entertainment in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. for me, like I liked it when it came out. And I... I liked it more watching it for the podcast, and I'm kind of conflicted on whether I like the second movie or the third movie more. This movie has a lot yeah, more me heart, too. and there's it focuses a lot more inward, I would say, for Ipman, especially with the relationship with his wife, and you mm-hmm. know that his son is a very focal point, and like some of the dramatic action in the movie. So, um, they're two different movies. I, in some ways, I think it's like. This is almost like two movies in one. I was just about to say, Itmon 3 is kind of two different movies happening at the same time. And they're both good movies, but it does kind of, sometimes it kind of feels like, oh, we're doing this now? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the pivot to the other movie, like the kind of the last third of the film, it's maybe a little bumpy depending on how invested you are in some of the in some of the characters. But uh, ultimately, I think it does connect to the themes from the very beginning of the film. I really, yeah, I really like what's, what's going on in the story. Um, but based on where the action beats are, I think you're kind of led maybe to a kind of a different direction than where you end sure. up going. But um, yeah. And I think, but yeah. uh, you know, John Zhang as Chung Tin Chi is like, he's super awesome. And he's seeing, ter- just, terrific. you know, for at the time, what you would think is like, oh, this is the last Ip Man movie. It's like you end with Wing Chun versus Wing Chun. And actually, it's like, yeah, such a cool kind of tribute to the style. You know, after we've kind of been kind of back and forth on how uh, they portray Wing Chun in the film, like you can't. Oh, man, it's so cool. It's so cool. So I, I really liked it. And I do see like maybe it's a little compressed and I don't know, like. It doesn't pay off as well. I don't know. It's it's good. It's good. But I think <laughs> I for I mean for any of those little stumbles, and I'm not even sure whether they they are stumbles. Uh, I mean right. for me, there's there's so much less of the maybe I guess like political influence mm-hmm. uh, on the movie. Uh, like there's a little bit of there's some line about like oh you know here in Hong Kong how like the foreigners run everything, and it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of truth to that, but there's something in the tone that's different than uh, that would have been depicted in like the you know pre people's republic of china hong kong you know um Mm. yeah it feels it feels like this movie could have existed in like the 70s or something Mm, yeah totally and that's really refreshing and 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 also i mean i i appreciate that the movie isn't going for maybe like bigger stakes would would be the term um right yeah and like you're saying it's like it's it's going towards things that are much more personal i mean it Mm -hmm you know, the central relationship between Ipman and his wife and their son and, or their youngest son. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could call it Ipman three, the parent teacher conferences or something. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's funny it. you say cool. that. Cause the, cause the movies have been getting smaller in scope. Cause in Ipman one, he's like, he saves China from the Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how totally. they frame it. 
And then in the second one, he saves China from corrupt British people. And in this one, he's, you know, helps his wife and proves that he's the best Wing Chun master. Like, Yeah. And there are some goons and. Um, yeah. And stuff. But he doesn't like yeah. defeat the, you know, he doesn't defeat the crime boss. He just kind of gets him to, to leave him alone. Yeah. actually, mm-hmm. Yeah. The best. Um, I mean, maybe not best, but the the key one on one fights in the film, um, none of them end in in death. Um, yeah the Good mike point. tyson fight yeah. is bralian conceit and the way that ends i think is just amazing and then oh yeah the does fin- anyone the die fight from a fight in this movie i don't th- i don't I'm, think anyone I dies from think a fight because so, i think even um one karyan is like he's hospitalized yeah you know? yeah and they even say Which like is funny because my memory of it is i i thought when i just played the film back in my mind from seeing it when it first came out it's like oh i thought that he was killed in that um mm-hmm umbrella shop fight scene but i'm glad glad that that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. the other thing that i really took away from seeing these three films is that if you were to pick a color that represents each film (laughs) i think it's kind of cool because the first movie you know we said is very gray very black and white the second movie maybe blue maybe a dark blue the second movie has like yellow as kind of the signature color to a lot of the scenes and this movie i think has like this kind of tealish blue color yeah, to it. Yeah, I yeah, I think so too. And I even wonder, the poster, I think, emphasized like a blue shade, if I remember. Yeah, it's it's cool. I wonder if these are intentional choices because I think it it's really cool. It kind of helps the movie stand out on its own. Like if you were to see like just on a TV, if you were familiar with these movies, I mean one, I mean you could just see like maybe a still and be like, oh, that's this movie because everything looks this color which mm-hmm. is something i can't think of in another series of films so yeah. i thought that was a pretty cool thing now that's always cool when you see those uh those pictures that are like every frame like the the main color from every frame of a film and oh like a yeah timeline. those mosaics those are yeah oh, that's so great that's yeah, so cool i'd love fun. to see one of those for for this all right well let's jump into the movie then but first let's take a look at the back of the vhs The year is 1959. Wing Chun has finally found a new home in Hong Kong thanks to Ip Man. He and his family enjoy their new life away from Foshan and out of the target of the foreign devils. However, danger finds its way to our master once again. When a gang of thugs sets their sight on a local elementary school, Ip Man and his followers take up arms to defend the youth of Hong Kong. A fearsome foe with lightning fast fists lies in wait, pulling the strings behind the turmoil in town. Hitmon must face this immense threat, all while a new master challenges the throne of Wing Chun. Donnie Yen and Wilson Yip bring you the latest chapter of the Hitmon saga, full of action and tragedy. Co-starring Max Sang with a special appearance by Mike Tyson. This is Hitmon 3. So this movie actually starts with a really cool, like, kind of callback scene to the very end of Hitmon 2, where... Yeah. At the very end of it, Montu, we saw like a little punk kid, Bruce Lee, come in and say he wants to train. <laughs> and this one, we see slightly older punk kid, Bruce Lee, come and say like, "Hey, I'm way better now. You should you should train me." And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a pretty it's cool. a really fun scene. It's like it's actually kind of nice seeing that it's um, Danny Chan that's playing Bruce Lee here. Yeah, yeah. from Shaolin Soccer and yeah. some other Stephen Chan. I remember when I watched Shaolin Soccer. When I well, because he does him. a little Bruce Lee yeah. like, imitation there. Too. I was like, yeah. this is the first time I saw an actor that legit, I was like, man, 
this dude could just straight up be Bruce Lee. On film. Yeah. You wonder if he just like got that his whole life. It's like, oh, oh he could mm-hmm. be, he could be Bruce Lee. Right. Yeah. And I know that he played Bruce Lee in uh, like a TV show as well. Yeah. I've never I seen it. It's not the, that's not the first time he's played Bruce Lee. So, so uh, this movie takes place in Hong Kong and we're in 1959 now. And um, again, like I said, Donnie said, this isn't a documentary, and I like that he said that. <laughs> you, you just enjoy the movie and not have to nitpick. But I do think it's fun to look at these little details, and I think it makes for uh, interesting facts to tell people. Yeah. So 1959, let's see. Bruce Lee would be, let's see, I took some I think you said 19. Yeah. No, he'd be a, in uh, 1959. Yeah, he would have been 19 years old. And um, actually, when it comes to uh, the real history, um, Bruce Lee met Ip Man like in 56 or 57. And that's when he first started training. So it's pretty close. Um, yeah. And I like that they don't go all in where, you know, in, in all three movies, actually, I'd be interesting, interested to see what happens now that we have a fourth movie, you know, on the right. horizon. If, uh, you know, they keep teasing this Bruce Lee. It seems like they'll films. have to. I imagine they'll, I mean, be kind of liberal with the story. I could see there being like a team up or something. Um, right. But this is also like I was saying, like the Fast and the Furious movies, like maybe they just don't. Maybe it's just like some crazy stuff. And, you know, because he's <laughs> yeah. going to be in America fighting people, I guess, in the next sure. movie. But anyways, um, I oh, do that like gets me thinking about uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Did you guys see the trailer for that? Yet? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, I was so cool. Yeah, it was, and I, I heard people saying rumors that they're gonna pull something like Inglorious Bastards, where like I know, Bruce where, like, Lee they might, actually, yeah, like, Bruce Lee will like kill Charles kill, Manson or something. I, that would be, <laughs> oh, I, that would be a gift to the world. That is, that is yeah, definitely a uh, Fast and the Furious level of <laughs> getting absurd. Yeah, but this little interaction here with uh, Bruce Lee and uh, Ip Man is pretty cool. It's really ridiculous, and I think it's it's fun. It's uh, fun you, too because it works almost like the standalone short. Um, oh yeah sure and uh yeah it, it, it's cool because on the one hand it's kind of a quiet scene and Ipman himself isn't really doing much and he's kind of maintaining his posture as this uh this master who you would you know who you would respect um but i like that it's like i think yun Ping and donnie they're finding some kind of new hook something that they haven't done in a movie before and it's mm-hmm. in this case it's like throwing these cigarettes and seeing how quickly yeah. you can kick them and then it escalates into kind of the fantastic with the water but what i like about this opening is um i actually think it bridges some of uh the fantastic heights of itmon 2 we kind of mentioned last time it mm. gets a it goes a little little far into <laughs> kind of like the super heroic and mm-hmm. Ipman three doesn't really overall, um, but we get at least like a splash of a splash of that if we're kind of expecting yeah, that level. Of oh man, uh. Uh, too, <laughs> too late to intend the pun, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, this is like a yeah cool little sequence, and um, uh, yeah, Danny Chan is awesome here. I mean, these slow mo kicks. I'm sure it's like CG cigarettes put in later, mm-hmm. but it yeah. looks so cool. That and was... I really like the line that Ipman says to him after all of that. He says, but did you really kick the water or only think you did? Which is totally something you could it's hear in Bruce, Bruce Lee's Lee-ism. voice. Yeah, <laughs> kick the so water. Great, yeah. but, you know, be like water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. be like water. <laughs> yep. So the next scene, it's it's just a... Sh- 
it's just a short scene, but I love the little kids going to oh, fight it's so cool. and they're like saying their name and their style and they <laughs> have these cool poses and then they start little kid fighting and they're just like wailing yeah. on each other. It is but cool I love to see that, that like Wilson and Yun Will Ping like give them this yeah. respect. It's like they frame the opening of the fight mm-hmm. just like any like anything else. <laughs> and the <laughs> impact of them cool. punching each other is actually yeah. like well done uh, using mm-hmm. the camera. I like that. The, even though it's just some little kids, they actually handle it with respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And this is where we meet the uh, the teacher character. Mm-hmm. who's you know trying to break up the fights and uh similar to some of the other itman films you know we don't really work all that hard in in kind of making the period or like selling the period the school feels a little you know contemporary but i'm cool with it and i think that they actually um it, it seems like they put a little bit of thought into how modern things are getting so you see a lot of Western influence uh, throughout the movie. And you can kind of see this in the movie. Like, I think last episode, Matthew, you mentioned how it's like this kind of traditional Chinese clothing. But also you see like little flashes yeah, of modern you see Western like a couple, clothing. Like a hat yeah. or something like that. But this one, almost everyone's wearing Western looking clothing. Yeah, in the it's movie. Right, up right. And then you see like photos and posters and stuff on the on the street and and photography kind of plays a a nice little role in the movie too so yeah the kids kind of get into a scuffle and then ipman and his wife take in the other kid that uh was fighting and this is how you're introduced to one of our next main characters yeah that's where we get to see that's a confusing thing too because uh in the movie they call him uh chung tin chi yes but Originally, he was supposed to be based on a real person, or I guess he kind of still is based on a real person, but he was originally uh, some Nung, or Nun, Nung, I guess. Yes. Yeah, uh, so. Some Nung, who is another Wing Chun kind of master. But uh, Carlos, you did took some notes about why they changed it, right? Yeah. So some Nung is a, a Wing Chun master that studied under a man named Yung Kei Shan, who's kind of like another Wing Chun master from Foshan. But it's yeah, like so they this, come from the same like master branch or whatever. But it's like there's different yeah. lineages. Of yeah, they're Wing like Chun. Wing Chun cousins. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right. So um, they were ready to do that. But what happened was, I think I mentioned The Legend is Born, Ipman, in the last movie, because yeah. um, uh, one of the gang members plays Ipman in there. And the family of Yung Keishan felt that he wasn't portrayed at an equal level to Ipman in that movie. And it was pretty controversial. So in order to avoid that, they changed Chung him into Chung Tin Chi. So he represents that same kind of idea, but he's a fictional uh, character in the movie. Yeah. This is also a good time to point out the dub for this movie is really good. Oh, like, yeah. I was I, actually, I, I listened uh, to it this time too. I was actually kind of surprised at uh, how good it was. And it's, it's a frustrating thing with a lot of these dubs are kind of under the table, non-union kind of things. Oh, really? Um, which is, well, I mean, it's uh, the way I know that is because one, a lot of anime voice actors are kind of like that, but also there's no official credits for the dub anywhere. Like I looked oh. a lot of places and I couldn't find it, but I could find <laughs> their username is Jacob Helotes X 63118 on filmboards.com. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. 
Thank you, Jacob. You. Wow. <laughs> and he just, uh, listening to a lot of anime dubs, he was able to pick out kind of the four main characters. And Ooh. after like listening to them and listening to a couple uh, other stuff that they were in, I could totally hear it. So Itmon himself is voiced by Todd Habercorn. Is my student here giving you trouble? Which I wasn't familiar with him because I he voices, I mean, all anime voice actors voice a thousand characters. But yeah. Uh, the main one he does is Natsu from Fairy Tale. That's like the mm. main character. I never watched Fairy Tale, but some people might know who that is. The big one that I knew though was Christopher Sabat, who he voices Tin Chi. Well, I'm glad to see the stories about your Wing Chun are true. Better even. And, and of course, he is the voice actor of Vegeta from the Dragon yeah. Ball Z dub, uh, as, well as, as well as as well as All great Might voice. Wow. He also does All Might in uh, My Hero Academia, and you can hear oh, that a little perfect. more. In, in this performance. He kind of sounds like how All Might does whenever he's not in like the hero form as oh. uh, Jang in this movie. Gotcha. <laughs> the wimpy so, version. Yeah, the, the, the wimpy one. I love the way that his performance combines with uh, John Jang Jin's acting. It's it's a really great, great fit, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he does I'm a good slipping, job. man. I got to start listening to these dubs. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I mean, that, and that's the thing is, you know, I've, I, I kind of... Am, fascinated by anime dubs because they vary so wildly (laughs) Um, but i feel like anime dubs have gotten more consistently good in recent years but i agree yeah but it's still uh, one of those things where you see like like you said it's the same voice actors all over the place mm -hmm. but yeah the quality the overall quality is really good i used to like in the 90s that i think they were called the ocean group they did a bunch of <laughs> the dubs. dubs. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they hold up, but yeah. I, I like those voices. And just two more. Miss Wong, the, the teacher of the school, is voiced mm. by Alexis Tipton. There were three of them. They just assaulted the principal. Who, the, the main thing I recognized her was, she wasn't the original voice, but whenever there's a kid trunks in modern Dragon Ball stuff, like Dragon mm. Ball Super or the games... Then she mm-hmm. does the voice of Trunks. The last one is Colleen Clinkenbeard, which is a great last name. Is that made up? That, that is, sounds made up. That might be a, a <laughs> stage name or something, but Clinkenbeard's <laughs> what I found, so. No, he's late, like you were. She is the voice of Wing Sing, uh, Iman's wife, and mm. the one I recognize was she does the voice of Luffy in the One Piece dub. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. It's a very big one. And, and do any? Let me ask you: Do any of these people play Overwatch characters? <laughs> they might. I actually they didn't check because I checked like a lot of very anime websites. But yeah, that's like the the unifying thing. Always, it's like Overwatch is so big and the crossover with anime and all that stuff. Cool. I, uh, yeah, cool. that's that's, that's like very cool, man. And one, so just one more because I did a little bit of research in it. I think I might know who did the voice of Fatty Poe Ooh, because I recognize his voice and and I think it might be Michael Sorich. On the surface, Hong Kong may seem prosperous, but it's falling apart. More wealth just equals more crime. Who the reason I recognize him is because he does the voice of uh, Dimple and the narrator. Dimple is like the little yellow, the little green spirit thing from Mob Psycho 100. Oh, and okay. Connection, other connection with this movie is Mob Psycho 100. The music's done by Kenji Kawai, who does. Oh, perfect. Who does the music in the Mob movies? <laughs> That's right. So. You nice. mentioned that. Cool. It all comes together. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Square in the circle. <laughs> yeah, no, cool. that's that's awesome, man. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, I I didn't listen to the other two dubs, but you had been um, mentioning so much about them that it's like, oh, yeah, let me make sure. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought it was really nice. And it was also interesting um, noting some of the, the translation differences. And obviously this is something that goes back to the earliest Kung Fu dubs. Um, and with, you know, dubbing and subtitling in and out of any language, the dub you're making your best effort to try to match the amount of syllables mm. or basically the amount of mouth movement from the actor. And so sometimes you're taking some liberties with the, the actual, the actual meaning, but um, they do yeah, a pretty good a job with the translation. I think there's a lot of, yeah, in, in some ways, in some ways I like almost, um, yeah, almost enjoyed the, the language of the, the dub more than the, mm-hmm. than the subtitles occasionally, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah I really took a, as we get to them, I'll, I'll point out there was a couple of dub lines that I was like, that's that's really smart or that's a really way, a good way to, to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, um, so we should mention this is uh, first time in the podcast that I believe, yeah, first time we're seeing uh, John Jang Jin. And um, I think so. Yeah, he. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think he's just outstanding. Like he has a great oh, screen yeah. presence. And mm-hmm. boy, I mean, he this this boy can can fight and he also <laughs> had a bit of a relationship with uh yun Ping. he was uh actually a stunt performer on uh crouching tiger yeah. which i think was let's say first, we probably uh, technically saw him in crouching yeah tiger, we but probably he saw wasn't a starring role a, a flash of him mm-hmm. and then um uh, he actually had a part in the grandmaster but but behind the camera in um the banquet from 2006 which yun Ping was the action director for um he was uh, an assistant action director so yeah, it definitely pulls his weight um, mm-hmm. on both sides of the camera. Yeah, and right around the corner here in the United States, we're going to be uh, seeing the Ip Man spinoff that he stars in. Yeah. So I think, I think I read that April 12th it's coming out here. Oh, and, man, I can't wait. And this is a yeah, uh, Yun Ping directed film. Yeah, and it, it looks nuts. And um, <laughs> I think they're doing some type of limited theatrical release for it as well. So... Yeah, Ooh, if cool. I can see it in theaters, I'm going to try my best. Yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. Definitely. Also, I thought I missed out on seeing Police Story in theaters, but actually locally, they're going to be showing Police Story 1 and 2 on April 5th and 6th, and I'm going to oh, be able cool. to... Oh, very yeah. cool. That it's right around the time where this air episode will be airing. So. Right. So, And it's the same theater I went to see uh, uh, the RZA perform oh, with nice. the oh, very Six cool. Chamber Shaolin, so I'm super excited about it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sidetrack. You know, like, we we had a shorter intro, and I was like, oh, yeah. wow, cool, and then we just do it <laughs> ourselves, but that's life. That's how it goes. <laughs> If we had the movie playing in the background, like without pause, it'd be interesting to see. It's like, oh, we have to just like catch up. Um, we are about 15 <laughs> minutes in is where we are. <laughs> That's like when I'm taking okay. notes and I keep pausing the movie and then I look down at the like timestamp and I'm like, oh God, I'm only like seven minutes in mm-hmm. and I'm uh, <laughs> two hours later. <laughs> but yeah, we can, we can do some. Yeah, we, we can, we can jump for a little bit. Because that's uh, we get this next scene we get introduced to after we get introduced to uh, John Jang's character. Oh, that's another thing. Sorry, another sidetrack thing. John Jang was what they called him on the Hong Kong movie database. But everywhere else I saw either just called him Jang Jin, his his actual Mm -hmm. name. Or they called him Max Jang. I saw that a few places too. Yeah, I've seen that, and I've even seen like Max Jang Jin. I mean, that yeah, that's happens happens a lot where there's yeah. all the different um, different yeah, like, I, westernizations of the name and stuff. I just so figured it'd be worth pointing out for sure. anyone else trying to search it. 
Because when I searched need- John Jang, I got like a like a public accountant or something like that. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> did you add him on LinkedIn? At, at <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not. The- I don't think his Wing Chun is powerful enough. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, him using the first name of John. Uh, did you guys see? It was like, this guy looks like Chinese Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, I could, a little bit. I could see that a little bit. <laughs> he is like uh, super handsome, and um, like when he mm-hmm. first walks into uh their apartment, it's another thing where it's like we're kind of getting the period, but he definitely has this very like twenty first century metrosexual like scarf thing. It, yeah, it looks with awesome. like the it looks really with like cool. the vest and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're totally right. Um, and he's uh he's meant to be a rickshaw driver and. Mm-hmm really kind of down on his luck and struggling but i love his character i mean we've seen we've seen some of these elements before someone who's like a little too proud to ask for help but yeah i really like him because you can tell that like some part of him maybe is predisposed to dislike Ipman, but he he does really respect Ipman, and but yeah he's just he's not a very effusive guy um and it seems like he has he's been kind of like wronged by by the world yeah you you see this kind of um yin and yang situation with yeah. ipman and tinchi where it's like ipman's been brought up in privilege and everybody loves him and he's touted as a hero where uh tinchi kind of feels like i deserve that but the world just isn't giving it to me and that kind of mm. escalates throughout the film i love it i think it's really cool and yeah it's it's yeah, with Ipman and Tinchi, like seeing them interact with each other, they're both doing Wing Chun, but it's they both have their own style to it, which I think is like a cool visual thing. You see that Tinchi kind of is has these kind of cooler poses, and I feel like he does a lot more stylish kicks than you would expect to see Ipman do. It's kind of a cool concept for the sequel too, because we've talked about how Ipman ends up you know, integrating other forms of martial arts and combat in his in his style as he progresses through the movies. Um, so you could imagine someone that's uh, maybe more of a purist, ha- like kind of taking issue with that. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just think it visually it just works, and it's and it's entertaining. And like Donnie Yen said, you know, this is not a documentary. That really won <laughs> me over. I was like, damn, that's that's so cool. Like he gets it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's, um, that's so great. T- taking us back into the timeline of the film, we get to see Tinchi fighting, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like this underground fighting ring. Yeah. And um, you see more of this Western influence. There's kind of like this surf rock playing Mm -hmm. and they're betting on the fighters. And next you're introduced to Mike Tyson's character. And he shows up looking smooth. He's in a tuxedo Mm -hmm. and you can tell he's okay. He's the ringleader and um, he's invested in uh, getting the school that Ipman and Tinchi's sons uh, are going to. And you don't really get a clear reason why but you can see it just being like control of the of the city and um, the dub they just have a throwaway line of it's really good real estate that's that's all they say but right right. i feel like that's more than that's more than nothing so so in the dub it do is mike are we dealing with the situation again it's super interesting like i I thought the same thing as you matthew where it's like you know this might 
be somebody yeah. else, but they're doing a really yeah. great impression. Yeah, if it's not, wow. my, it might not be Mike Tyson, but they're doing a good impression. Because that's the thing. Whenever, whenever I think of a person doing a voice that sounds like Mike Tyson, I'm thinking of like Dredrick Tatum from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, you oh, got of course. To. Dredrick, uh, what do you think of Homer Simpson? I think he's a good man. I like him. I got nothing against him, but I'm definitely gonna make orphans of his children. Uh, you know, they do have a mother, champ. Yes, but I would imagine that she would die of grief. Where yeah. it's like this kind of, you know, a little higher pitch with like a more yeah, with the a bigger lift. lift. Yeah. yeah, bigger lift. Yeah. Than that. But uh, they they'd handle the lisp. If it isn't Mike Tyson, then they do the lisp in a really uh, a, a, like the right way, you know. So you're Ip Man. You're the best fighter in China. Interesting. So in the original audio, he's doing his own voice and he's speaking in English. There are like a handful of lines that like he speaks. choice Cantonese lines. In right? Cantonese. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I listened to them a couple of times. It does sound like it's an overdub, but it might be him yeah. overdubbing like after sure. the fact. Like getting a but few more shots at it or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it sounds really cool. So you it, man? So you're the best fighter in China. And it's kind of cool seeing him here. I I gotta ask you guys to to derail us again. (laughs) Sure. Of course. What what do you how do you guys feel about Mike Tyson? In (laughs) general. No, that's a good Yeah, good question. I mean, I guess uh growing up it was like kind of in awe of him, like a lot of people. Not that I really followed boxing that much. Mm. And then, you know, as as Mike got into trouble, it was like really had a bad reaction i'd say i probably really looked down on mike for a long time um i don't know if it's just time passing or the sense that it's like he's paid for some of you know some of those crimes Mm -hmm. and um and he just does seem like a different person i actually saw him recently on joe rogan podcast and it was it was crazy because he just talked about not even really wanting to think about fighting anymore and he didn't like didn't like that world and it was like he was just like this almost this little like sweetie pie of a guy (laughs) um and it was yeah i i I don't know i mean i've got a so i'm maybe complicated feelings but overall i think a soft spot for mike and to actually have this committed to film or digital tape it's kind of amazing because Mm -hmm. he doesn't really like to you know go back to like the boxing stuff much so that he, the fact that he agreed to this movie and to actually get involved in fighting and, and you see him, you know, on the bag and you see him like throwing these classic punches. It's, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't believe this exists. It's awesome. It is awesome. And I think I would uh, reflect your uh, opinions on him. I, yeah, I was into boxing when I was a kid. I, th- I don't know if it's like a Latino thing or what, but in <laughs> <laughs> in the nineties, boxing was huge, especially like this spectacle of heavyweight world championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, and then, like the pay-per-view kind of era. And oh stuff. dude. Yeah. yeah. And we totally had like one of those black box cable boxes that got all the free yeah. <laughs> channels oh, nice. illegally so yeah. we watched all that stuff and yeah seeing tyson like coming up like when i was a kid he was at the top you know 86 to around 97 you know he was a world yeah. champ youngest world champion that's what i always remember and not only yeah. him in the ring but him outside of the ring is just like mesmerizing like what is this dude gonna yeah, say large, what larger is... than life yeah yeah and i've had a lot of fun 
uh, this past week just asking people, hey, what do you think of Mike Tyson? Because <laughs> you get all these different answers. Mm-hmm. People are like, wow, yeah, that guy was awesome. Or, man, well, I, I can't believe he did what he did. But mm-hmm. I, honestly, I think my takeaway is that, like what you said, Marty, he was a champ and he was mesmerizing. And, you know, I kind of have conflicted feelings about what happened to him. But I don't honestly feel like right now he's in this kind of other place. And he's he's like really interesting to hear him talk about anything and there's a little bit of background stuff that they have on the dvd release where they're interviewing him and um he just always sounds really genuine and one of the things i liked is they asked him like what his favorite kung fu movie was and he said that crippled avengers is his favorite kung fu movie (laughs) oh that's so cool (laughs) i thought that was awesome and not only does he say that but he also goes into the movie he like starts to tell you the plot of the film like it's pretty deep cut too yeah, so you can really tell that he uh, was into this culture, like kind of like we were, or we are, you know. So um, I don't know what what about you, Matthew? What's I your mean, take now that we loaded it up, here you go. <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, no, that's the thing. I'm again, I'm a bit younger than you guys, so growing up, the only thing I ever heard about Mike Tyson was all like the you know all the bad stuff because that's mm-hmm. when all the stuff was, you know, coming out. But kind of looking back on it, yeah. he kind of just feels like he was a dude that, you know, was kind of taken advantage of in a lot of ways. And, like, he's probably, like, again, it's complicated because, like, he did some bad stuff, but also, you know, I don't think he's necessarily in a bad person, you know? And, like, yeah, he, I just, think he... You know, just has some issues. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had this kind of major father figure in his life and, like, right the year before trainer, he became yeah. a champion yeah his trainer and a caretaker customado had passed away and i you know you kind of see that this man is a very driven man but mm-hmm. he you know you could tell he almost needed that guidance well like, and yeah it's funny like him, when he talks about him nowadays like he still has the reverence for him but he kind of acknowledges that he was really sort of programmed mm-hmm. to be like the ultimate fighter and to to think of you know nothing else and when you see him in the ring you can see that oh you know you gosh, you yeah. see his aggression and you mm. see his his drive to be a champion and um yeah multiple yeah si- i mean and there's got to be a him. danger to stoking something like that in a person, yeah right yeah. and like without customado he kind of was like all over the place and then yeah. he became this kind of you know world champion making so much money and you know all of this stuff that's happened to him over the years but yeah i i just i'm super mesmerized again like you know i was always interested in his life and all this stuff but now like yeah doing homework for the podcast i was like dang you know it's funny there is something about mike apparently like these days wherever he goes it's like people just kind of stop what they're doing and um (laughs) he just gets a really kind of warm welcome all the time and re-watching it on three i was trying to think of like okay it's like is part of what's exciting about this the like information that's outside of the film that it's like this is the famous mike tyson and i think absolutely but beyond that there is there is some kind of charisma there's some kind of thing that he just has that Mm -hmm. i imagine even if you somehow had no idea who he was and that's probably not too likely but Mm. i i still feel like he would something about him would would pop is but it's not something i could articulate it's like uh, i think it's like you know as many videos there are of him knocking people out there are just as many videos of him being interviewed yeah you know (laughs) right and you can't really say that about a lot of athletes you know and yeah that's true 
he like I said, he's very genuine and you could see that like for better or for worse, depending on who's talking to him, he's being himself. And it's it's crazy. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I could almost just do an episode just talking about him. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I guess like he is an entertainer. He's like this world class like person, like one of the greatest athletes in history. And you could put him up there, you know, with a Bruce Lee. Like how many anybody knows Mike Tyson's name? Anybody knows his face? Like just almost as many people as Bruce Lee. You know, it's. Yeah. And it's it's also it's one of those things like when Ip Man 3 came out. It like I had to kind of do a double take. It's like, oh wow, no one's really taking advantage of. Uh, that's not the best phrasing, but no one's really <laughs> ever like taking advantage of Mike's like fighting like for a like martial arts movie before. Yeah. It's like, oh man, right. that's in some ways it's kind of crazy, but it's a great combination. Like, um, I mean, when we when we get to it. And I guess it's hard not to talk I, about it now, but I like, kind of feel like we should just get to it. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's get to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's so interesting. His, the, his character really doesn't have that much to do with the movie, so it's not a huge deal. I think if we yeah. jump to the to the fight, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's nice that they that he doesn't just like pop up out of nowhere, and that they do film these scenes earlier on in the film. So there's mm-hmm. like a little context for him being in it but yeah the actual fight it's it's cool i mean were you thinking carl's this is basically like balrog versus fei long right it totally is it totally is <laughs> and that it's the structured like around in, in you know in boxing but almost like around in a fighting game <laughs> it's, yeah it's such a cool device where it's, it's like so cool. um, mike's character says it's like okay um in three minutes like whoever gets the most punches or whatever mm-hmm. um, yeah and, and i like too that the competition is like oh who's a faster puncher and we're like oh wait yeah that's the thing itman that's like his special yeah. move is that like it's speedy rapid punch it's so cool and yeah whenever like people are talking to him about his experience on the film he is completely positive about it he you know he said that you know i'm just a student now you know like I was there and, you know, they're molding me into this fight. And Donnie Yen, you know, had like has said in like interviews, that it's like, you know, I was like kind of nervous because he's like this powerful fighter mm-hmm. and I didn't want to get hurt. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty funny because Donnie actually injured Tyson during the filming yeah. of the fight. <laughs> There's this kind of interaction yeah, so where uh, Donnie is kind of defending using his elbows against uh frank's uh punches Mm -hmm. and he actually like yeah yeah uh he like fractured his index finger but even still uh tyson kind of you know toughed it out and uh film kept on filming you know they didn't have to do anything so that's really cool but yeah yung ping really takes advantage of uh tyson's movement and you know the showcasing the power of these punches I really like his kind of bobbing and weaving, which actually mm-hmm. is like kind of like the uh, if Tyson had some special moves, you, that would be one of them is his yeah, movement, sure. that peekaboo style that everyone kind of knew. And um, you see it right away with him kind of bobbing and weaving as he was moving towards him. Well, and um, it's cool, too, because it's like when Mike's throwing these punches, it's like it's his style. It's his technique. It's not like a it's not like a fake movie punch, um, mm-hmm. but it's also, yeah, this complicated Yung Ping choreography where it's like yeah. Tyson's never been involved in this. And actually I think this is the first role where he's not playing himself on film. So wow. um, 
yeah that's that's really cool too to see how he took to this fight choreography and yeah there's like some really cool gimmicks in here you know one there's the the three minute timer two you know he's got the punching bag and there's like an instance where uh Ipman's defending and dodging and um frank's punching the punching bag and then there's like the the glass shattering mm-hmm. and there's that interesting image of the young girl this innocent but in the middle of danger and yeah the, the balloon he's, kind of the string like is right he's meant to be his it. daughter as it turns out yeah 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 itman's getting hit again you know right? yeah this that's, isn't... that's really cool because yeah. he does feel yeah. almost invincible in itman too so it's really cool seeing this that every time uh frankie the mike tyson's character lands a punch then Itmon like reels back and's like shaking his head, and it's just it's really cool. It shows like yeah, that's he's he's not messing around. Like this guy's his punches have weight to him. And yeah, there's this totally. cool behind the scenes bit I saw where uh, it's whenever he's uh, Itmon's like, up against the punching bag and he ducks out of the way and Mike does this huge punch and it's like show like you see that scene for a set like a split second in the movie. But in the behind the scenes thing, you see that, and then you see Donnie's face just go like, "Ooh, oh yeah, that's great." <laughs> he almost turns white. And he's kind of like standing himself. Or yeah. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah, it's funny in this in this fight. Um, I think I talked a little at the end of the last episode that this this was shot on digital media, and sometimes there. Uh, it's maybe not as bad as I like forewarned, but mm-hmm. um, there's like a little bit of like a stuttering, jittery thing sometimes when the action is a little too fast. And here, when Donnie and Mike are going at it, it's like it just can't. The frame rate is way, and the shutter speed are like way too slow mm-hmm. to to capture what's going on. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I think the bell device is so cool because for one, you sort of forget about it because you get so immersed in the fight. And when it goes off, it's like that alarm that you forgot that you set. And <laughs> it's also this perfect excuse for there not to be a winner. And mm-hmm. so Mike comes out looking great. Donnie comes out looking great. And you sort of feel like it's like, okay, these characters have kind of like settled something. And then it, uh, it turns out, I mean, we've been talking about it a little bit, but yeah, this little girl and then her mother, they come up and it's like, oh yeah, they're all one big one big family and <laughs> Mike's character is saying something about this balloon that's um, floated off into love the rafters. That. It's like, we'll get another balloon. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, I it's love so, the way he says it's that. It's so sweet. Yeah. Okay. Let it go. Don't worry about it. Get you a new one. Okay. It's a new balloon. Uh, yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. So cool. A real yeah. treat. I remember originally when they're saying that, I'm like, Oh, what? Mike Tyson's going to be in this. This is going to be weird. Mm-hmm. But it's just really cool. And yeah, I don't think they could have handled it any any better. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the fight is amazing. The the characterization is great, and I have to imagine like it went over just like gangbusters for for audiences in China and Hong Kong when he's like shouting these Cantonese lines and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was I was so also so excited about this happening in the movie and. Uh, I couldn't help myself, but I already did the artwork, which is unprecedented for us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first day I was going to start taking notes, I'm like, man, no, I'm going to do this artwork. So mm-hmm. it's inspired by uh, Mike Tyson's punch out on Nintendo. So I recreated the scene mm-hmm. uh, from this film uh, in the style of punch out. And I'm I'm super happy yeah. about oh, it. Yeah, it looks, I can't wait for everyone really to good. see it. And yeah, that's yeah. that's you can 
it's it's out now so as yeah. you're listening to this you can you can check <laughs> yeah. it out it should just be you're on the it. it'll be on the blog post if not just on your whatever you're yeah. listening to this on sure oh, sure man, that's so cool well i suppose okay. like having hopped around we should just maybe try to catch like major yeah. sequences or like our favorite maybe moments mm-hmm. from the- i'm i'm actually re- yeah fine with that i mm-hmm. i think we can i can kind of recap the story that led up to this yeah. point and i definitely think we should talk yeah. about the him so, versus the tie right. kickboxer. so main thing we were talking about it a little bit ago but um this gang of thugs wants the school because of the real estate or the land or something about the school so the opening of the conflict of the movie is really these thugs versus um the the school teachers and staff and so Ipman kind of comes to defend it he and his students there's a little bit of this plot thing where they're supposed to be they're supposed to feel really insulted because people call them like security guards which there's got to be something lost in translation because I just <laughs> each time I've seen the movie it doesn't really land for me it's like yeah that's mm. kind of what you did right like what's yeah. the what's the big deal yeah. but um I guess maybe it's because it's they're you know they're supposed to be like these martial artists that have or like a at a, a a different level not just people that are just hired you know goons to sure, protect it yeah. from other goons but yeah, yeah. Like, like you're saying like yeah like well I, I guess so many other kung fu movies we've watched that's what the martial arts are basically doing is being bodyguards mm-hmm. for you know yeah to, to and it's like you've learned this so you can come to the defense of your mm-hmm. community but it's a cool it's a cool concept and it never seen anything quite like this i mean you've seen kung fu schools that need to need mm-hmm. defending but it's cool having this kid school and um <laughs> this scene in the in the night when the principal gets <laughs> gets ransacked it's almost like looney tunes for a second um, <laughs> yeah well, they put the they sack just put, over like, his head they just put a sack yeah. over his head and they're walking off with him but this this movie in several uh several scenes does i think a really nice job of balancing fighting that's uh happening in like a, a few different a few different spots and that first night fight at school is um when we first get to see like our you know rickshaw driver get down and it's uh it's amazing and uh but i love the character implications of it too it's like both he and Ipman are seeing what the other is capable of and they're on the same side. They're like defending this, defending yeah. this school. And it's cool. And there's this subtle tension between the two because you, yeah. you definitely see that Tinchi wants to be able to uh, prove himself in the city. And uh, Ipman's trying to be respectful, but you can almost tell that he doesn't want to get wrapped up in it. And um, because of the gangs uh, being involved with the school and them protecting the school, uh, it's uh, kind of taking a toll on his family because he's devoting a lot of time to protecting the school and he's being away from his his family and his wife is starting to become frustrated with it. Yeah. And in addition to being frustrated, we kind of follow, follow her on this B storyline that she's she's not doing well something something is wrong and throughout the Mm -hmm. course of the movie she's seeing the doctor and um that ends up being extremely important to this movie and i guess to the to the whole the whole series it's uh, very touching and they handle it really well mm -hmm. i think and this is another instance where the true history is very different so um although she did pass away from cancer they were separated once uh, uh Ip Man got to hong kong so um 
they ended up it's it's actually more tragic than the film they weren't <laughs> together when she passed yeah. away mm-hmm. but uh, yeah really really nice really sweet actually oh yeah and actually there's a really sweet. yeah nice moment we'll talk about in a little mm-hmm. bit with uh bruce lee's character showing up again and um there's also this line through the movie where he sees that the other uh martial clubs kind of are kind of all chummy this is almost like this clicky thing with the martial mm-hmm. yeah. clubs and, and it's funny know. that was something that like Ipman had to deal with in the last movie mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's it's kind of funny seeing that it's now they kind of come to come to his aid but mm-hmm. yeah so here we are uh i know we talked about the tyson fight but just before that um uh frank orders this kind of silent uh assassin basically to uh attack Ipman mm-hmm. and this guy yeah. is uh, um, a Thai kickboxer so we get to see more uh, mixed martial arts mm-hmm. and yeah that's really cool and the fight starts in an elevator and um, Ipman and his wife are are on board and um, he now knows about her illness and I suppose we as the audience do mm-hmm. too and so yeah some really cool um, confined choreography and kind of protecting her um it's very uh, cool. Yeah, seeing mm-hmm. Ipman three is maybe why I, I didn't react to the uh, elevator fight in the second Captain America maybe as much. <laughs> Although nice. I think that's a good sequence. Like I do too. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Marty snuck a Marvel burn mm-hmm. in. I respect that. No, I said I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, I thought it was really funny that. Um, this dude that practices, uh, you know, Thai kickboxing mm-hmm. challenges a Wing Chun grandmaster in close quarters combat in an elevator. I'm like, yeah, you didn't man. do your homework, mm. man. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hang with somebody close quarters like this. Yeah. But and that's like, it's cool seeing the, uh, seeing close quarters stuff. Cause there's, I feel like all the other fights we've seen have been in pretty big open spaces. So it's neat mm-hmm. seeing a lot more like contained fights. So, the fight in the elevators. Uh, I uh, the the guy who plays the the Thai uh, boxer yeah. is. Uh, I'm gonna destroy this name, so bear with Ooh, me. But, no go for um, it. Sarut Kanwilai, I think. Uh, will I? Nice. Sounds good. But to also me. Simon Kuke was what I found. K U K E. That's that's okay. a lot easier gotcha. to say. So I'm gonna go with sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, but he. Uh, he has a super cool, like he kind of looks like a Street Fighter character. Like he has this, yeah, unique, this really like long hair that's like kind of off mm-hmm. to the side. I th- I thought I read that they were initially hoping for Tony Jaa in this part, but um, I might be remembering that mm-hmm. wrong. I thought I read that in an interview years ago. Mm-hmm. But. but Simon Kuge did work with Tony Jaa on a couple of uh, different uh, Thai movies. Like he's in uh, he's in Ong Bak Two and a couple other oh, Ram nice. things. So yeah, uh, but yeah, he does he does some amazing stuff in this, and, and I love how he uh, uh, the fight leads to them doing kung fu like on the stairs, and they're like going oh, down the so stairs, good. and eventually like uh, Itman's wife is still in the elevator going down as they get out so of cool. it, and by the time they go all the way down the stairs is whenever the elevator shows back up, and and only Itman's uh, remaining. Yeah, There's an amazing great, oh, overhead like camera shot, like tracking so them good. as they're fighting down. down it's, that I would, oh, man. yeah, I'd put it up there with like any classic scenes in kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. It's super cool and uh, very visually like yeah. appealing. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, this is just going off of like my instinct or whatever, but I do feel that Wilson Yip's 
like letting go of some of the directorial reins to maybe Yun Wuping and Yun Chunyi and their team. Like there are yeah. certain camera things that I, like that overhead shot exactly where it's like I kind of connect that more with like a Yun Wuping style sequence. And just in, I guess just in general in the film, it's like I, what Wilson's doing is is amazing. But I feel like his his camera motion and all his directorial uh, ideas were somehow maybe more like overt in the first two films and it's yeah it's subtle things I could be totally wrong but I just sort of feel you know Mr. Wuping's mm-hmm. in, like influence with kind of where the camera's mm-hmm. going and you have to imagine too it's like you've got I mean maybe Samo had similar kind of ideas like no you've got to have the camera here <laughs> um, it's got to be it's got to be tricky when you're working with these um, kind of elder state, statesman action directors who you really respect, who are also outstanding directors in their own right. And it's like, right. it, and yeah, I it's did, like a really unique situation. I did read that, um, you know, Donnie Yen also being involved with action direction, oh, he yeah, had a lot of input involved. in the uh, fight scenes as well, you can imagine. So um, it's interesting to wonder how much is one and how much is the other. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that's a, that's a great sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of playing with the chronology a bit. I mean, it still might be my favorite kind of action stretch of the movie. It's probably the long fight in the middle. Similar to Ipman 2, I love the big kind of gang fight when he's coming to rescue the kidnapped dude. And mm-hmm. here, when like Ipman is going all by himself to to try to like teach these bullies a lesson with his um, and rescue the, to rescue the kidnapped kids, children. Kidnapped. I mean, this whole sequence, it goes on for, for quite some mm-hmm. time, and we cover a lot of different terrain. There's a section where Ipman's fighting in, like, the belly of this um, near-finished uh, ship. Yeah. Really um, cool. That's a really cool shot. Yeah. And it's and also we have, um, uh, you know, Zhang Jin's character, uh, he had been... He had been paid. He was like a paid goon for these guys, but they ended up kidnapping his kid and they let him go free. And you can see that his, the conscience, his conscience gets the better of him. And there's a great line in the dub when he walks up to this platform where the kids are kept and they're assuming that, you know, he's on their side. And he said, what are you doing here? And he said, to pick up the kids from school. <laughs> and he pun- That's a great He punches line. like oh, the main guy. Great. Oh, and it's. Yeah. Yeah, so we're we're kind of cut back and forth between he and Ipman. Well, sorry, before um, we get we to go that, in the factory, yeah. Before we get to that, one line that's great before, uh, like as they're kidnapping the kids in the dub, oh, the slavery. Line. The well, before that, whenever they're like at the school and the the bad dude goes up to the kids and says like, "Hey, kids like cartoons? We got some cartoons in this truck." You know, it's the classic oh, yeah. like, "Hey, I got candy <laughs> thing." And he says, I got cartoons. And then whenever he throws the kids into the truck and slams it, he says, That's all, folks. Oh, oh I missed that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's quality. That's but he does say one line like to the uh, to the teacher character. And he's like, you better get the principal and, and hand him over. And then he says, If you do that, I won't sell these kids into slavery, all right? <laughs> <laughs> the way the guy, I think the guy's a good voice actor, but there's something like so casual. Mm-hmm. About the line, if you can drop it in, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh, sell it into. Oh, wow, that escalated. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we should actually, yeah, mention Patrick Tam as saying the head thug. He's he's really great. Really Uh, good. Yeah, and he feels like he walked off of a Wang Jing movie into this one. (laughs) Oh, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, totally. 
<laughs> and then, yeah, um, have we talked about Lunkarian being in the movie, or were we just, or were we just talking uh, amongst ourselves? No. Well, yeah, we were just, just amongst ourselves talking about it. It was just amongst ourselves. Oh, man. Spoiler well, alert, yeah, we it's... talk a lot before we start recording, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to be better about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. And um, when I first saw this movie, I was just so excited to see him pop up, because he has just like a really distinctive face, and um, we were realizing on the podcast, we've only encountered him in uh dreadnought yeah um but Lung he's Fun. in a, yeah long foon um when yunbyu is not playing <laughs> right one time um and yeah he's he's really yeah great in that film he's also great in some other uh young Wenping classics actually like legend of a fighter and miracle fighters and he gets to throw down a bit in the sequ in the sequence uh where we mentioned uh jang jin's characters like this hired hand to knock him out and I like that he walks into his umbrella shop and he's trying to kind of conceal his identity and has very much like this kind of like stealthy ninja kind of vibe mm -hmm. and this is a, that's a great sequence too because it's such a tightly confined yeah, it's another shop tight and you shot. have all these umbrellas hanging everywhere you know it's like Yun Woping is always trying to use some kind of interesting interesting space you know, not just kind of fighting out in the open. It's like, how can we use the environment? And even when you think there isn't much environment to use, like in the final fight, when you assume it's like, okay, we are just like in this open ring. Um, he still <laughs> ends up um, finding ways to get, uh, to get the, you know, our two fighters on the stairs or, or somewhere mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And in that umbrella fight, uh, the, yeah. Yung Wuping showing visually, uh the power of an impact without showing somebody just getting punched i yeah. really like the strength behind having the umbrella pierce through the wall yeah. and then um showing a master i think his name is master tin as well just like tin chi yes yeah, yeah, um, yeah you're right um that confused me looking he's... at the credits <laughs> i was trying to yeah. play who. <laughs> when he gets his arm broken you see the impact from behind like the wooden brace behind his arm shatter yeah. and that's kind of this cool visual representation of his arm being broken by Tinchi. i thought that was really mm -hmm. cool and very smart so the the fight with itmon and all the goons leads kind of indoors and this leads to some great uh like people climbing up on stuff and uh some good yeah. some good chases and it's kind of funny they they kind of uh, they kind of like play a trick on you as the audience because when Itmon first shows up he has this long pole and you're expecting that it's going to be like from the from the first movie uh, but yeah. literally like before he has a chance to the bad guy says all right throw the pole down and you know get down your knees and all that because he has the he has his kid so we don't get to see that <laughs> like but he does get to play with some like like these two poles uh, two smaller poles in each hand in this part. Yeah, 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 totally. And we do get and to see some long staff stuff at the before, very the, end, yeah. before the movie is finished. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. You, you, you're definitely rewarded for that later on in the film, seeing the yeah. six and a half point pole. But, but yeah, this big sequence, I, I like that we're not just bouncing back and forth between the the two kind of main fighters we've been talking about, but also Ipmon's son. Like we're tracking like his peril, and he's trying to hide and run away from these goons and. Um, I think it's all edited really well mm. and yeah, really, really exciting sequence. There's so maybe part of what we were talking about earlier, how it feels like the movie has like kind of like a stutter or it just like, it feels like there's like a firm scene between one movie and another mm -hmm. is you're tracking the goons and the school kind of story. 
and that works its way all the way up to Mike Tyson's character. Um, and then once you're done with that, what I think could feel a little bit strange is that like we return to focusing on the Chung Tin Chi character and he is like pursuing a thread from earlier in the film, but it feels like, Oh, shouldn't what he's doing somehow have been changed or informed by, by the experience. And um, <laughs> he's just kind of hell bent on opening a school and challenging Ipman. Um and, you know, I could almost picture, like, some kind of fan doing their own fan edit of the movie <laughs> and not having Ooh. to cut anything out of the film. And I think you could reorient things a little mm-hmm. bit differently and have this be kind of a running driver, you know, under, yeah, underneath things or whatever. I like that. Yeah, that that could be cool to see. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's like I like both storylines and... I think when the movie's all all said and done and you reflect on it, they do kind of connect to the central theme of the movie, but it's a little bit of a weird experience, I think, um, going through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, Tin Chi is meeting with a reporter that you've seen earlier on in the film, and they're in the cafe uh, where all the martial clubs uh, are hanging out, and the reporter kind of checks him, like, hey, like, you're not ready to challenge it, man. And then he sees that one of the other club members are coming in and he immediately says hey you got your camera get your camera out and he starts fighting with uh uh one of the martial club dudes mm. i think that guy yeah. totally looks like somebody out of river city ransom his pompadour kind of hairstyle yeah. and the black and uh the school outfit mm-hmm. i get you <laughs> um so it this kind of goes into a yeah. montage of him attacking all of the um, masters from town mm-hmm. and we do get to see a small cameo from uh, Lo Meng again um, yeah. as Master Lo and we don't see Har Kong Fung and yeah. sadly this movie came out just slightly before um, he passed away yeah. and you can maybe see like yeah he, he wasn't could have been there maybe yeah maybe he was too sick to, to do it or something like that yeah so that's that's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, uh, Tinchi kind of makes a name for himself in the newspapers by defeating everyone, and he issues a challenge to Ipman. So this is really cool to me the the way the plot progresses. Where in the other Ipman films, you're like, all right, here's here's the next mm-hmm. thing, and Ipman's gonna have to fight him. But actually, Ipman takes a step back, and uh, he understands that you know his wife is terminally ill, and um, the montages of him spending time with his and wife. It's adorable. And it's, yeah. It's really, it's really, it's really sweet. cute. Yeah, totally. And um, you hinted at it earlier, but it's a good opportunity for Bruce Lee to come back in the film. One of the things that Ipman misses out on early on in the story is he's supposed to meet his wife for these ballroom dance lessons. Um, hmm. And it's, yeah, it's really cute. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Once Upon a Time in China too, when, Thirteenth um, mm. aunt is into ballroom dancing, and she's kind of trying to get Wong Fei Hung into it. Mm-hmm. Um, There's this great cut where Tinchi is at the school. He's like, ch- he's issued a challenge to Itman to uh, to fight because he wants to to prove that he is like the the true uh, grandmaster of Wing Chun. And it's the day of the fight, and they're all just waiting for Itman to arrive. Um, but instead of that, it cuts to them ballroom dancing and the yeah, just the cut really from cool. from the one to the other is just great. And there's this fun, like goofy music playing while they're dancing. And it's just it's really. Cute. Yeah, it's actually. Yeah, it's like they're doing the cha cha. And actually, mm-hmm. this kind of ties into actual history because Ipman shows up to uh, take some dance lessons and 
we get none other than Bruce Lee himself there. And he yeah. says, you know, I'm, I want to learn how to dance. And Bruce Lee says, I can dance better than the teacher. I'll teach you, but you've got to teach me. So you've got this really cool interaction. And actually, uh, Bruce Lee was a cha-cha champion <laughs> in, in Hong Kong. So that's a really cool thing and to see. It's cool. Cha-cha champion sounds kind of like a cute little stutter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the cha-cha champion. <laughs> Um, it sounds like an nes game i I play that it totally does (laughs) it's like a hybrid beat-em-up and dance game starring bruce Mm -hmm. lee that would be perfect i want to make that (laughs) yeah so ipman like you said he doesn't show up for the challenge and you see that tinchi's affected by this because he's not getting that decisive victory he wants but even then he kind of calls out Ipman as like the face of Wing Chun. He's like, I'm the new face. And um, there's a commotion and yeah. all the well, other He's also built the most gore. This is maybe the most beautiful school sign that we've seen in any movie oh, so yeah. far. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the other thing that you see though is, uh, you know, uh, Wing Sing is really succumbing to this illness. So while they're dancing, uh, she ends up passing out. Mm-hmm. From now on in the film, she's going to be bedridden for the most mm-hmm. part and kind of dealing with the cancer that she's been diagnosed mm-hmm. with. And yeah, it's it's very, it's it's tough, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And, um, and there's one as, great line yeah. where she says, basically, I'm, you know, I'm really glad that you've been spending all this time with me, but if I wasn't so sick, would you have gone to the challenge? Yeah. And there's this really long, uncomfortable pause. And yeah, he's really thinking about it. And he says, yes, I would. And then she says, that's mm-hmm. the Itman I love. Yeah. And she asks him to practice on the wooden mm-hmm. dummy. She's like, I haven't heard you do that in so long. And it's, it's really, yeah, it's a really nice character thing because it's yeah. like, you want, you want to see Itman come to her aid and, for his focus to be on them and this love and their family. Um, and she is really the only person that could kind of convince him to take this, to take this fight. Right. So she's actually gone out of her way to uh, set a date for a fight between the two. Yeah. So like, she I set ma- up a play date with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She writes a letter to him and gives it to her son and he gives it to um Tinchi's son and um now what you have is the final encounter at Mm -hmm. this beautiful space to just tear it up (laughs) yeah it's probably the nicest you know martial arts studio we've seen in any of these movies we've watched but uh my favorite touch is me is got to be that uh it's so private and um Itman's wife is is sitting just outside but she's Mm -hmm. not facing she's not Mm -hmm. going to watch this fight she's just going to listen and there's not a press crew. There's not a giant mm. troop of people, which, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about that that I that I really like. And these two guys are just going to settle this amongst them amongst themselves. Yeah. It's like uh, Rocky Three. Yeah. <laughs> Paolo, yeah, Apollo totally. versus yeah, Rocky. Like yeah. Just yeah. I the tiger. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. And this is uh, totally just Wing Chun versus Wing Chun. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the different weapons that are uh the the typical wing chun weapons the six and a half point pole the butterfly swords and actually at the beginning of the film um this kind of a small intro credits um they show each weapon kind of standing in it in their um yeah yeah that's a nice little 
touch it, to kind of yeah it looks that. really cool and you know that's honestly kind of a message to the viewer like hey like you're right. getting wing chun in this mm-hmm. movie like to all the people that were like where's the wing chun in the Ip man movie series? Yeah. to like, all to all the carlos that was saying right. that <laughs> <laughs> you know what's cool is i think on paper this could have been a really challenging sequence um what's been so exciting about these films so far is seeing wing chun interact against other styles and different kinds of uh environments or challengers you know maybe fighting multiple opponents or something. So it's like your brief is like, if you're the action director, it's like, okay, it's going to be Wing Chun on Wing Chun. And it's the final fight of the movie that needs to um, kind of leave the audience satisfied and summarize it all. And I like what they end up doing is just kind of emphasizing that. And so this fight is really about for the most, for the, the greater part of it, it's like you're experiencing this almost like beautiful mirror and every mm-hmm. like subsection of the fight ends in this kind of like perfect draw. And then as we escalate, you know, towards the end, it's like this, yeah, really kind of almost like musical kind of point counterpoint. Um, yeah. With these two guys, but it's, yeah, I think just, yeah, so effective and yeah, it's, it's maybe one of my favorite fights in the series. Mm-hmm. I was really getting uh, kind of vibes of Zhang uh, Ziyi versus Michelle Yeoh in Crushing oh, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's Yung Wu Ping yep. as well. I thought it's like really cool. Not only how they're kind of fighting in this wide arena, but how you see the environment getting damaged yeah. by what they're doing. You know, yeah. kind of also Ping another loves way. showing the environment getting messed up as they're fighting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really cool. It's a it's a cool way to you know when you see people getting punched, it's like yeah, it looks strong, but when you see like a wall cracking or the floor getting shattered mm-hmm. because of what they're doing, you're like, whoa, that's yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, and then they, I, I like the little section when they they kind of move to the stairs, and Ip mm-hmm. gets like pulled down the stairs like bumpity bump. It's like oh, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. And like, it's that cool. Yeah, fun. you see him taking that the Wing Chun defensive stance with the inward knees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know locking yourself in like that it's yeah it's really cool i love that interaction on the stairs but also the butterfly swords how it, they just explode oh the choreography is just insane and you're like is this undercrank i don't know if i remember seeing any undercranking in no, the film I, I don't think so i mean i think part of it too is on this new digital medium it's like it's i they're either going for 24 frames a second or it's mm. Or it's double that with the slow-mo, mm-hmm. or I think a couple shots are even hyper-slow-mo. But what I love about that um, that blade fight is Wilson pulls the camera back, and it's like kind of craning up, and you're expecting to cut to the next section of the fight, because we were sort of we've learned the rules. It's like, okay, we see them square off again with the same weapon and they're equal opponents. But the one that's great is the camera's pulling back and then it pushes in again and it's like encore and (laughs) they go for this other bout. It's amazing. It's like, it's giving you a chance to breathe. And the sound is out of control. Like the the metal sounds are crazy. And I was, was, I was even thinking, man, these are, that's like really loud. And then they, do this like they yeah they like hang a hat yeah they like slide great. their swords <laughs> off of each other and the the wife and the two kids that have like snuck in to watch both like cover their ears because <laughs> of the the sound yeah, yeah really 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 fun what i love about the setting of this is not not only that it's mostly private you know the press isn't there this isn't for any kind of acclaim 
uh, again, kind of like a lot of the movie, it's not going for bigger stakes. It's not trying to top the previous Ipman films in that way. But think about who is there to witness it. Um, Ipman's wife is just listening. So she's having to use her imagination as to what's happening. She almost doesn't, in her final days, she doesn't want to see her husband being like walloped. And then the other spectators, the people that are actually watching this, are the two sons of these guys. Mm-hmm. And it really... I just love that that's kind of underneath like all of this combat. It's like, yeah, it's exciting and it's really cool. And the choreography is amazing, but it's like stays like on character mm-hmm. in like a, yeah, really, yeah, really cool way. And that kind of plays into a line earlier in the movie where Itman says that it's, that actually is one kind of political. It's a very like kind of communist kind of thing where, where yeah, he says yeah, that like the, the, uh, the world doesn't belong to the rich. And like, just because someone's above yeah. you doesn't mean they're superior and stuff like that. But he says that the world belongs to the, to children and, you know, to the, to the pure in heart. And I, that's kind of a cool kind of plays into this. Cause this is their kids yeah. that have kind of, they started off the movie by fighting and kind of became friends. And then it ends the movie with their, their dad's fighting. So the final leg of this encounter is hand to hand, which is like the pure Wing Chun. And we talked about the interaction on the steps. I like, there's a moment when they're fighting before they get up there where they're almost doing the training, like the sticky hands training motions. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're finally landing attacks on each other. Like this whole time with the swords and the six and a half point pole, um, these are like these stalemates. But right at the beginning of the hand to hand interaction, they're striking each other. And um, this really builds up to the final moment where I actually think it's pretty cool because there's a moment in the fight against frank uh where right towards the end of that fight uh ipman goes for like this eye gouge and he kind of strikes but it's not like this critical strike where he stabs him in the eye yeah but yeah. um yeah Chun but it Chun almost Chi. seems to unlock some like deeper power <laughs> in ipman like yeah he actually lands uh an eye gouge so it's kind of this you can almost read it as you know good the good intention uh of a martial artist versus like the lethal intention of a mm. martial artist yeah yeah and um it's really cool here because then itman is forced to kind of use his other senses outside of his vision and there's slow-mo of him kind of just hearing the attack and dodging it and uh he retaliates with actually the one yeah, inch punch. i was so excited oh, when i saw amazing. that <laughs> it's so cool which if yeah, anyone that's... listening is not familiar with the one inch punch just search youtube video of bruce lee doing a one inch punch and it's so <laughs> cool yeah. <laughs> yeah very legendary uh uh signature yeah. move from martial arts that is like this yeah if if it's not for itman's like kind of rapid punches this would be like his super move. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And he lands this critical uh, hit and it's the decisive move. And, um, well, and it's cool that that's sort of been, been waiting um, in all three films. Like, and this is, this is the moment that we see him employed. It's yeah. Really cool. And also, yeah, this nod to 
the you know legacy of bruce lee within this movie i really like how they handle all that the bruce lee stuff in this movie is so subtle but really effective i think it was the smartest way to do it without just having like hey here's yeah. bruce lee again. yeah like, i was i was glad yeah i agree like, i kind of didn't like that yep. at the end of the last movie where he's like hey remember bruce lee he still exists right and honestly the promotional material for the movie at least over here seemed to kind of try to be exploiting that stuff so you weren't exactly sure how it was mm-hmm. all going to all going to feel in the in the actual movie but yeah i'm i'm with you i think it's it's great and i love it's saying we haven't seen in a movie in a hot minute but someone destroys a sign and it's great yeah but what's awesome is it's like so you see Ipman walking away and i think wilson directs this yeah just to a t it's perfect and you see the sign shattered like split in two seemingly with a staff and then we cut to this wide shot and um, we see, you know, it wasn't Ipman that did it. It was like Jung Jin's character did it. Like he, he acknowledges, yeah, like, he's, you know, I am not the grandmaster. He's master. not the Wing Chun. Yeah, he's not the Wing Chun grandmaster. And it's also, it's perfect for his character because he's, he's not one who's going to get into like a lengthy dialogue. He's like more of a man of action. And it, it resonates with where we first met these guys, which is, there's this kind of underlying tension between them, but this mutual respect. And mm-hmm. we come full circle to that at the end. So we get this kind of kind of feels like an immemorial montage of of um, yeah. of the wife and the only thing I felt bad about is it's like it kind of points out that it's like, oh, she hasn't had a lot of juicy stuff <laughs> in any of these movies. It's like, oh, here she is sitting in this scene and now she's yeah. sitting in that scene. Here she's sitting and being supportive of uh, Itmon and here she's yeah. sitting and being supportive and <laughs> <laughs> And I would say that it seems like her voice gets quieter and quieter yeah. in each movie. I think like you're by right. the by the end of this film, it's almost like this <laughs> ASMR like voice. What, dude? But yeah, that whole thing is really handled really nicely. I I I was moved by yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. And yeah, that's it, Mon Three. It's definitely yeah. I. We it's have, not what I was expecting for sure, mm. which is a good thing because I was kind of expecting it to get okay, like, like maybe yeah, sillier, sillier and it really it feels yeah. like honestly I feel like it Mon Two is probably sillier than this one. It is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it might be. I do like how these yeah these three movies kind of have their own angle on everything where it's like we were saying the plot kind of just drives us from fight to fight. I think there's a little bit more in this film and um, yeah, I it agree. ends up. Yeah, landing, I, I don't know. I guess depending on my mood, I would prefer two or three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let, I mean, we'll yeah, see. I don't know. Yeah, four is just coming that, out now. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that after two, Donnie Yen was almost like, I'm not going to do these anymore because it's like, what, what are we going to yeah, do now? Yeah, but with that. the success of two, um, they started working on the third film and this is what we got. So I'm happy with that. And I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in Ipmon 4. Yeah. And I mean, even, and even Z, be- I mean, right. Know. And oh uh, yeah, that's right. So Tony Ja is actually in Master Z. So yeah. we'll get to see uh Wu Ping and Tony Ja, which will be really cool. Well, that, we should, that like, I mean, the list of everyone that's, oh, that's in there, Dave Bautista's in there, Michelle Yeoh. Right. Um, Yun Wah, I think is going to be in it, there. It's going to be great yeah i can't wait to see that movie yeah i've actually like been avoiding seeing anything from it (laughs) because i want to see it when i watch the movie but well thank you so much for listening to this episode 
You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. Thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And we're not quite done with it, Mon. We're, of course, done with the Donnie N ones because we don't have easy access to the fourth one quite yet. Uh, but Carlos, why don't you tell us what our training for next week is? As these movies were coming out, there was also another movie being made. And uh, this is by Wong Kar Wai. And it's called The Grand Master. And actually, we get some actors that'll be showing up again, even uh, from this series of films. So Lo Meng shows up in a small role, and uh, John Zhang uh, also shows up in a major role. And Yong Wu Ping, again, involved in the action choreography. And he actually has a small cameo in the film. So uh, yeah. this is a very different take. I would say it's still kind of fantastical in uh, regards to the true history of Ip Man, but um, I'm very excited for us to watch The Grandmaster. Oh, this is a movie I've been, like, it's it's so weird, I can't explain it. I've been dying to watch it for so long, um, but just haven't found the right occasion or wanted to watch it, like, with someone, and I'm, yeah, I'm just so excited. Um, yeah. I think that this arc of three films has been great, um, but I definitely have an appetite for um, kind of the visionary cinema of Wong Kar Wai. Sure, yeah, yeah. I guess just to tease it, you you can say that this is a more philosophical take on... Uh, we do get amazing action, but there's a lot more of the phil- philosophical side of uh, Wing Chun and Ip Man. Yeah, and it was like, um, I mean, a very acclaimed, acclaimed film and it had like, uh, was even nominated for... Um, I think best cinematography and best mm-hmm. costume design at the Oscars that year. So. Yeah, and I think I yeah I think on the DVD for the U.S. release it says like Martin Scorsese presents, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> which is very pretentious yeah. thing to put on the thing. I feel like that's kind of there was uh, a lot yeah, of like Quentin Tarantino presents yeah. in like the early yeah 90s. exactly yeah. like when they re-released Iron Monkey and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, well until next week where we're checking out the Grandmaster. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.